Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. In the state of Michigan, uh, we have a number of legal uh, actions taking place. Uh, one of them is had to do with the status of a 1931 law, which was essentially a pro-life law, and uh, and that was uh, taken under by Judge Cunningham, who uh, had determined that uh, he'd put a temporary injunction against it. Uh, but what is most interesting to me are recent efforts to uh, challenge the pro-choice petition drive that turned in a petition with 753,759 signatures to put basically a pro-abortion ballot uh, on the November election. With me now to let us know exactly the nature of the pro-life challenge is Genevieve Marnin. She's legislative director for Right to Life of Michigan, and you can learn more at rtl.org. Genevieve, thanks for joining me. Al, I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Let, set this up for us. The claim, they have the, the, the pro-abortion forces have a petition that they've submitted to the state um, in order to qualify for the November ballot. Is it really 750,759 signatures? Is that the final count? We don't exactly have the final count yeah, yet. The Bureau of Elections, yeah, they have to put out their staff report. But it was a substantial, historic number of signatures. Truly, I, I witnessed, I saw the number of boxes, I saw the petitions. And yeah. Yeah, well, well over 700,000 for okay. sure. Okay. So what's the problem, though, with the number of the errors are alleged in the uh, uh, petition? Uh, explain to me the nature of those errors. Sure. So, the, the you know, petitions in the state of Michigan to do a citizen's initiative is very highly regulated uh, from a statutorial standpoint as far as rules, regulations, and laws that govern every aspect of a petition, from the font size to the what the elements that must be included mm-hmm. to, you know, all kinds of requirements. And it's very, very regulated. And we know this because Right to Life of Michigan is has done more petition initiatives than any single organization in the state's history. So we are very well aware of what's required and what will be disqualified, et cetera. So one of the elements that you must have on your petition is the actual language that you intend to um, amend the Constitution with, in this case, or in our case, we were trying to initiate laws. So we had to have the actual statute language on the back of the petition. So the Mm -hmm. front side has the signatures, the back side has the language. So what we discovered with the RFFA, a reproductive freedom for all uh, initiative mm-hmm. is on the side that requires the language they had um th- uh, just uh, it's riddled with errors missing spaces which create run-on words that don't exist in the english language it's gibberish hmm. so so that would then mean that those petitions were signed in some way illegitimately i mean that would be the what one is supposed to conclude from that. 
the argument by the Bureau of Elections always was, and this happened to us in 2019 when we turned in our signatures for the dismemberment abortion petition drive. Um, we were trying to ban dismemberment abortions. Uh, thousands of our signatures were, were discarded because when we folded our petitions to mail them in and went to open them, it slit uh, right where the edge was, where oh. it was folded, mm-hmm. and it took out like one word, like the word the. Wow. And because the word the, which is part of the essential elements, was missing, the Bureau of Elections determined that it's not possible for a voter to actually know what they were signing, and therefore the entire petition was null and void. Literally, that happened to us. Yeah. So if they can make that claim, uh, then why can they say it's okay for... Uh, petitions with non-English language on it to be accepted. Yeah, so this, so you've got run-on words here that make it look like gibberish on the, on the petition. Um, so, is, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is, is is that, is that assume, is the assumption here then that because these are run-on words. Uh, and create gibberish that therefore the the signer of the petition couldn't understand what the petition says or is the problem that they simply made a mistake and eliminated the spaces well there are a couple problems First and foremost, um, you got to remember, this is the constitutional language that they want to enshrine permanently in our Constitution. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're going to amend the Constitution, you better take it seriously. These guys didn't even bother to proofread their own petitions before they went out and, and <laughs> printed them. Sorry, I mean, terrible. are these the people you want amending your Constitution, really? Didn't even proofread your document? But more importantly, how are, how is any legal person supposed to determine wh- who gets to make who gets to determine where the spaces between these words should go? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just because they wanted it that way? I mean, we were literally, we actually created a word search. I'm not kidding you. Just to poke fun at it, we created a word search because it's like, well, if I wanted to put the spaces here or here or here, what other words could I create, for mm-hmm. example? Mm-hmm. I mean, in one case, 108 characters are strung together with no spaces. Yeah. Yeah. What's it supposed to say? So that's number one. But number two is the other thing, and this is kind of, again, it's very technical, but this process is very technical. Right. Petitions get thrown out all the time. I mean, I think there were 12 petition initiatives that were originally circulating uh, for signatures this, this year, and only two of them have turned in their signatures to make the ballot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because other ones got knocked off or whatever, you know. I mean, we had this issue with the fraudulent signatures for the governors nominating petitions, et cetera. But in this case, the petition that was circulated was never approved by the board of canvassers. Really? No, because what happened is they've had a couple of errors. This is the third time they've had errors. The first time, uh, we challenged them on the size of their font, which is statutorily controlled. And so they had to come back and they changed that and they got another they came back for another approval and then we decided we discovered that their the language on there was not according to the statute. They had an extra word the and again the statute's very clear on what you have to have. So the board said, "Okay, we're going to approve this form. We're going to approve this petition conditionally provided that you remove the the." Yeah. And they said, "Okay." 
Now you just have to submit it after it's been it's after you remove the the submit your thing you're good to go. Well, the the petition that they finally submitted had removed the the and and took away all these spaces creating gibberish. So the board didn't technically approve this. That's interesting. So do you get a chance then to present to the board of canvassers the problem that yeah. you've identified? And then are they required to act on your challenge? Yes. So there was the deadline was last Thursday, August 18th, for any challenges to either the sufficiency of the signatures or any other form. And in this case, we're challenging on the form. Uh, we submitted a challenge, we, meaning the Coalition Citizens to Support Michigan Women and Children. Right to Life of Michigan is part of that coalition, and the reason I'm speaking with you is because I also personally witnessed this and submitted an affidavit mm-hmm. to the effect that I saw all of the petitions and I saw that there was a, you know, an error on each of them. Yes. So um, then we will present, we, our attorneys, will present to the Board of Canvassers on August 31st where the, bo- the vote of the board will determine whether or not this will make the ballot. Mm-hmm. How long does it take for them to act on something like that? It'll happen that day. Oh, okay, so, so they'll vote that on- day. They will vote that day, okay. and, and there are four members of the Board of Canvassers, two Republicans and two Democrats. The, here's, the, here's the catch. The catch is you have to have a majority vote. You have to have a majority vote to accept the petition. You have to have a majority vote to reject the petition. Mm-hmm. If it deadlocks in a 2-2, then a challenge, uh, an appeal, can happen to the Supreme Court. We anticipate that that is a likely outcome. Okay. Okay. And then um, looking at the composition of the Supreme Court, state of Michigan, uh, what does it look like there? Well, you never know how a justice will rule until they do. Right. But presumably it's a 4-3 pro-choice composition. We don't know that, but I will say over the weekend, Justice Bernstein came out publicly and declared that they will be the ones deciding the abortion um, agenda in Michigan, oh. they meaning the Supreme Court, as if he's a, as if it's a foregone conclusion, as if he already knows exactly how things are going to ha- uh, uh, shake out, and that they, they, that they will be the ones doing it. Well, so. that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking. Can you say refusal? Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> right. So, um, but he, uh, you know, he made that comment. But they have uh, the deadline. The deadline for the board and everybody else to make a determination on this is September 9th. There has to be an official determination made by September 9th. Okay. So we will know. Very good. I do want to ask you a question which uh, is, is related but not directly. I've had many people ask me why Michigan Right to Life didn't have their own petition drive to be on the ballot this November. For what? What would be? What would be? We be on the. Ballot Were you for? relying on the 1931 law? Mm-hmm. The mean the law that was already upheld by our Supreme Court. Yeah. After Roe, that one, the one that's already been used, mm-hmm. that one. Yeah, that's okay. the one we were relying on. Because and Michigan so to, is one and, unique in that regard. And so, to initiate a petition drive would have undermined your argument on behalf of the 31 law. Correct. Yeah. Okay. That's what I wanted to know. I wanted to make sure that I understood that. Yeah, people don't realize our law was never completely enjoined. It's not dormant. It was used. In fact, it was used as recently as 2019 to convict an illegal abortionist 
for he's not a physician. Yeah. Okay. You don't get to prescribe abortions if you're not a physician. Um, except you do now because the law has been enjoined. Thank right. you, Judge Cunningham. Yeah, and that's that's been enjoined uh, indefinitely, as I understand it. Is that right? It's preliminary injunction right now. There will be a hearing on a permanent injunction in November. Okay. Uh, don't forget that there's also the hearing on the on the permanent injunction from the Court of Claims. We got lots of moving parts going on yeah. in Michigan right now. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, let me thank so, you. But I will say yeah. to your listeners, sure, they really go ahead. need to understand, regardless of the uh, of the formatting errors or the errors that are in this, if this monstrosity makes the ballot in November, if this anything goes abortion amendment gets on the ballot, people need to get out in droves and vote no. This thing is far-reaching and very dangerous, and it's way beyond abortion. People need to read the language and understand what they're voting for. Yeah. And you do think the other side is highly motivated? They're highly motivated, and they've got the press behind them. Yep. They've got more money than we know what to, uh, what to, what to do with. They've already spent $10 million just getting their signatures, buying their signatures, essentially. And they're, they've already pledged to, to advertise $50 million worth of advertising. It's David and Goliath. That's a lot of money. So it needs to be word of mouth, um, because the other thing is they're willing to distort the truth. Yeah. 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 This is it's um, hard to fight. So we need to read it okay. and, and speak the truth. Genevieve, thanks. I'm sure we'll talk again uh, before November. And I thank you for joining me today. Al, thanks for having me. Appreciate you getting the information out. Genevieve Marnin is the Legislative Director for Right to Life of Michigan. You can visit rtl.org. I have to say, I live in Michigan. I've been here since 1971, I think. Uh, Michigan Right to Life is really one of the outstanding pro-life organizations uh, in the United States. They've done tremendous work in Michigan. So I'm anxious to see uh, how this plays out. I'm Al Creston.